Welcome to Lessons in Orthopedic Leadership, an AOA podcast. My name is Charles Goldfarb, and I am joined by my co-host, Alex Aleem. In this podcast, we will interview various individuals, primarily in orthopedics, to highlight lessons in orthopedic leadership. These first episodes will feature conversations with AOA program committee chairs, symposium chairs, and key stakeholders for the AOA annual meeting. In this podcast, we are joined by Dan Murray, and I'll ask Alex to give an introduction to Dr. Murray. Dr. Daniel Murray is currently the Chief Medical Officer for Surgical Care Affiliates and President of Optum Specialty Practices. He has served previously as the CEO of Transformant Consulting and Ortho Carolina. He has experience in leading efforts in quality improvement, data management, corporate compliance, customer service, and contracting innovation. He is also an active researcher and educator with specific interest in the care of spine conditions. This year, he will be leading a symposium at the AOA annual meeting entitled, Can We Align Conflicting Agendas, Medical Education, and Value-Based Care? Dr. Murray, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you. Welcome again, Dr. Murray. We are excited to talk to you and learn a little bit more about your planned symposium. So first, if you could just give us a brief overview of what you hope to accomplish in this symposium. Sure. Well, I... As we all know, value-based care is really starting to take hold around the country. It's being implemented at different rates in different markets, but Medicare and other payers have made it clear that they want to move towards more performance-based contracts. One of the challenges this creates, though, is if we need to train residents and we need to train fellows, uh, they need a place to learn, a place to to build their skill set. Oftentimes, that's in direct conflict with what's needed to perform well on value-based contracts, which is having it done by the most experienced clinicians, uh, not making mistakes, um, being being, uh, cared for in the lowest cost facilities, uh, which often are not our academic medical centers. And so if our country is moving rapidly towards value-based care, how can we continue to uh, teach our residents and fellows to do routine cases if those are being shipped off to community hospitals or ambulatory surgery centers? And how can we make sure that as we train uh, residents and fellows that they learn the principles of value-based care so that they're able to go into uh, a career uh, well-suited to meet the changing demands uh, of the the orthopedic marketplace? That, That sounds incredibly enticing and intriguing. And I think it's one of the things that as a resident educator, I struggle with because we're trying to train, as you mentioned, future surgeons. And if we offshift these cases to the quote unquote sort of higher value centers, are we then potentially just giving ourselves a disservice later on? How, how do you think um, we need to approach that? Well, I think um, we're going to have to probably rethink the way that we um, train our residents and where we do that training. I mean, the reality is that as large health systems need to compete in the marketplace uh, for patients, um, they're gonna have to enter into these contracts. And if we only have the capacity to care for patients at high cost tertiary and coordinary centers, then we won't be competitive for those value-based contracts. And that means that either our residents are gonna miss out when those cases go to um, lower acuity hospitals in the system, uh, or the residents are going to have to start going to those places. They're going to have to start going to ambulatory surgery centers and community hospitals to get some of their training. Um, if not, then we're going to have a cohort of residents who come out that can do complex 
um, tertiary care work, but not not the basics. And that's obviously not uh, going to be acceptable. So I think rethinking where we do the care, rethinking who participates in resident education without compromising the principles that we have um, is, is going to be key. Fantastic. Can you tell us a little about the panel you have chosen to help discuss and uh, dive into the details of this topic? Sure, we've got a really great panel. We, uh, we wanted to have folks who, rec- uh, who represented uh, the residency director side of things, as well as the uh, orthopedic department side, and then the health system side. And so uh, we have Carl Koenig from Dell Medical School, University of Texas, Austin, uh, who will uh, speak to what they've done in their residency training program and give a sense of how they integrate value-based care training into uh, the resident education. Joe Bosco from uh, NYU uh, to speak to the, um, the academic department and how uh, the, the orthopedic departments should be thinking about this and, and managing it from a, the, the mix of both an education standpoint and the, um, the uh, administrative needs and financial needs for the department. And then Je- Dave Jessavar from Dartmouth uh, is going to be able to speak broadly to how health systems respond to this and the types of contracts that they're being brought, what they have to weigh against one another when they take these value-based contracts or choose not to what they're giving up and, uh, and how to weigh that in the context of both the health of the system and the uh, medical education needs, as well as the need to provide for the broader community healthcare. Sounds like a great panel. Um, you, know, you mentioned a little bit about, you know, value-based care is kind of an option right now, and we we see it as something that's going to be coming along the horizon. And in fact, there's another symposium that's kind of following, or as it sort of follows through with that. Where do you see value-based healthcare kind of in the next ten years? Is this going to be the mandate, or is this going to be another sort of optional thing that we're still trying to navigate? Well, it's really going to be a market-by-market phenomenon. I mean, value-based care is already here in Southern California and has been there for some time. Uh, Capitation has been um, very prevalent there, and there are even a number of specialists and orthopedists who uh, are in subcapitated arrangements there. That's clearly not the norm around the country, though. And what we're seeing is that uh, both CMS and commercial payers are starting to offer incentives uh, to shift the side of care. Uh, to lower cost settings, we're seeing them uh, consider narrower networks that would only include uh, physicians who practice high value care and follow evidence-based guidelines. Uh, And we're also seeing primary care groups taking risk on Medicare Advantage and other other contracting vehicles uh, who will much more tightly manage who they refer to and, um, and where those surgeons operate. And so, uh, I think we're seeing changes happen gradually in different markets. Some markets haven't been hit much at all. Others are are seeing it happen quite rapidly, particularly those higher cost markets. And I think it uh, it while it may seem like a threat if you're firmly embedded in the fee for service world, once you understand that value based care will reward you for practicing uh, more evidence based care and for uh, lowering the total cost of care then it can create a real opportunity for those who, uh, who are focused in that way and have the opportunity to do it. The challenge is going to be for entities that may fall through the cracks in that, like an academic medical center that has a broad array of other, um, other things it's trying to accomplish, 
that are not revenue generating and that historically have been covered by these payments that now are going to be threatened by that. And I think that's really the crux of the issue that we have to get to is, are there going to be special dispensation made for academic medical centers that we should be advocating for? Or should we adjust how we practice and finance, practice and finance the care while we're also adjusting how we train residents? Or is there some compromise between the two that we should be seeking? Fantastic. Well, you've given us a, a, a look uh, behind the curtain, and I can tell you that Alex and I, are, I know, are excited about uh, this symposium. We both can learn, um, and we appreciate your thoughts today and all the work you have put in already to put this symposium together. It, it promises to be a highlight of the meeting for all of us, so thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you so much.